It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Time to turn on the Shark Spotlight. Mackenzie Blackwood, goaltender for the San Jose Sharks, is in the spotlight today. Mackenzie became a member of the San Jose Sharks in 2023 when he was acquired from the New Jersey Devils after being drafted by that team. Mackenzie, great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, we like to go through full uh, story as to exactly how you got here. We know exactly the details of the trade, of course, that brought you to San Jose. We know that you're part of the New Jersey Devils organization, but I'm going to go all the way back to Thunder Bay, Ontario, where you were born and you were raised. Tell us about growing up in Thunder Bay, how that's different from what we perceive as Ontario, which is, of course, Toronto or Ottawa, and what the meaning of of the sport of hockey is there. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different for sure. You know, obviously you're a lot more isolated up there. Um, you know, th- there's no towns around you for seven, eight hours with more than a couple thousand people. So you're kind of the hub up there. Um, you know, hockey's kind of the main sport. Um, everybody I grew up being friends with, everybody went to school, tried it at least once, played it growing up, and uh our climate's pretty cold too. So we got the uh, outdoor rinks year round. So, you know, it's pretty, pretty common sport there. So uh, it's just seems to be fitting. <laughs> you said outdoor rinks year round. That sounds, uh, that oh, sounds sorry, pretty chilly. Sorry. <laughs> Not year round. My, my bad. It's from uh, typically about end of October, November through till uh, April, but there are, there are rinks set up year round where you can play roller hockey and stuff like that. I find it interesting because, you know, the the traditional history of Canada uh, is the outdoor rink. Bobby Orr skating out in Perry Sound and, and playing shinny and learning how to skate and stick handle out there. It seems that uh, that in the Midwest and in the West, and certainly the Western part of Ontario where you are, that that's still a little bit more common than in the municipalities. Do you, do you think there's something special about that? Yeah, for sure. It's just part of the culture there. I mean, I feel like uh, it's it's sort of something that uh, kids grow up doing all the time. So, um, you know, we're we're always uh, growing up, heading out to the outdoor rinks, skating, playing with friends, and stuff like that. So, it's it's kind of the the biggest uh, thing that that everyone kind of has in common, where you you go meet your friends to play some shinny or whatever it is, and uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. So when did you start playing and when did you become a goaltender? I started playing probably around three years old. Uh, I was a forward, wasn't very good. <laughs> Switched around to defense and around 10 years old or so, I stopped playing hockey for a year or two to try snowboarding out, uh, going, going at that full time. And then came back around 12 or 13 uh, switched to goalie and uh, then I just kind of rolled with it from there. 
I don't know, being a goaltender and being a snowboarder sounds like it goes together. But during that time you were away from the game, how did you make best use of it? What did you learn from snowboarding? What did you learn from being away from the game for a while? Yeah, I, I mean, I just stopped playing for for two two years to try other things out. You know, I, I tried snowboarding, I played lacrosse, I uh, did a lot of uh, a lot of other outdoor activities. But uh, you know, I I just got drawn back into it. You know, because obviously hockey is a lot of fun, and uh, you know, your friends are all doing it too. So um, I don't know. I think when I was a kid, though, I, I didn't have any aspirations of really playing in the NHL. So. I, everything I was doing was just a hobby. So I was like, okay, I, I play hockey for a long time. I want to try some other things out and, you know, just kind of get all those experiences. Well, that sounds like a really interesting story. Also, I understand that as far as your family is concerned, is it true your dad was a big Colorado avalanche fan and he wanted you to root for the team? Yeah. When I was, uh, when I was younger, I was about uh, probably seven or eight years old. He painted my room up for me in Colorado Avalanche colors and kind of got me down that bandwagon <laughs> with uh, Joe Sackick and all those guys, you know, it was, it was a pretty cool team to root for at the time. And uh, I guess I jumped on the bandwagon with my, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, so was Joe Sackick your favorite player? Yeah. I had a poster of him up on my wall and a puck and everything and uh, had the whole little shrine. Well, that, uh, that's certainly not unusual for hockey fans growing up anywhere in the world. And, of course, you were born in 1996. So you were pretty young when the San Jose Sharks had some pretty big uh, playoff series against the Colorado Avalanche. I have a lot of memories of those. But I also wanted to ask you about your mom. She's got a unique career. Uh, I'm told that she's uh, been the president and CEO of a healthcare organization. How did that affect your life, uh, your mom being in such a high-power position? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it affected it too much other than the fact that, you know, she's pretty busy. Uh, a lot of the time she's got a lot of responsibilities. So I guess one aspect of it could be, you know, you watch her, the way she handles herself and the responsibilities she has. So you just try to, you know, absorb a lot of that. And I feel like she's a good role model. So, um, you know, I'm pretty proud of what she's done and accomplished. So uh, I think maybe just kind of from watching her, you get a sense of, you know, how, uh, how it, she she handles herself and the way she acts in her day to day to get to you know where she is now. But I would suspect that if you ever have any injuries and you need medical attention, she certainly probably has a, a pretty good radar for what's going on in that side of your life. Not really, not really. Honestly, she's she's uh, she's in the management kind of side of it, so she's not a doctor or anything like that. So I mean, she's she's uh, okay, but uh, she's not not a doctor. She doesn't necessarily know all the time what's going on. Now, do you have any brothers and sisters? Yes, I do. I have one full brother, and I have two stepsisters and two stepbrothers. Wow, that's a big family. Did did any of them play the sport too? My two little brothers play it right now. My two little stepbrothers. And where are they playing? Back home in Thunder Bay right now. They're only uh, just just young. Oh, so they're just getting started. So the whole, yeah. the whole process that you've already been through, they're just beginning to see what it's like. And obviously, you were talking about it earlier. You were saying that uh, that you had a very healthy uh, relationship with the game in the sense that it was fun for you. And that was the reason why you did it. You enjoyed it. Uh, you took some time off uh, snowboarding, as you said, and doing some other things. And then you came back and you became a goalie. Now, what made you decide to be a goalie? And what kind of support did you get in your family to do it? Yeah, so I, I came back 
that 12, 13 year. And I didn't start the year as a goalie. I started the year as a, as a forward or something like that. And uh, our goalie just, I don't remember if he got hurt or he's just decided he didn't want to play anymore. I, I can't remember that part, but uh, we needed a, someone to fill in. So I said, oh, I'll try it out. Uh, one in the net and just sort of loved it. And then I was begging my parents the next year to, they get me all the goalie gear and sign up for goalie. And they're like, oh, you don't want to be a goalie. That's You, you don't want to do that. But I convinced them and, uh, you know, kind of just rolled with it from there. <laughs> Can you describe to us what it was like to face shots for the first time and how you took to it? Yeah, when you're younger, kids can't shoot the puck as hard as they do now. So it's not too bad. <laughs> it's kind of like a fun little little game, see how much you can stop. You know, it's a good little challenge. And then as you get older to the pro level, you realize these guys can really rifle a puck. So it changes a lot, but, uh, you know, the, the initial thing is all the same. It's all, you know, about having fun and challenging yourself and just enjoying the game. So when you started playing goal, when did you start to realize that you had a special talent at playing at that position? Oh, uh, tough to say. I mean, I just kind of enjoyed the ride at, at at first, you know, I uh, started single A, then I played double A, then I made the triple A team here, and then I got drafted to OHL. So I didn't really stop and, you know, really realize how fast my uh, growth had been until I started playing in major junior. And I was like, wow, I shouldn't be here right now. <laughs> I just started a couple years ago. So it was kind of all uh, happening so quickly. So it was a lot to take in at a young age. When you got to Barry, which is the team that drafted you in the Ontario Hockey League, you got surrounded by a bunch of very qualified young players, first of all. And you also had an amazing coach. Dale Howardchuk was the head coach of that team. He's really considered one of the great players in the history of the National Hockey League. And one of his assistant coaches played a long time out west here. Jay Wells, he's a former Los Angeles King. Uh, tell us about the, the influences of those coaches on you as you uh, started to play at a higher level. Yeah, Dale was awesome. You know, he uh, he had all the uh, the knowledge acquired from playing all those years, and he's coached Barry for quite a long time. And uh, he was a good influence on all of us, not just myself, but all the other players too. We even had uh, Kevin LeBanc there on that same team, and you know, we all we all learned a lot from him. I knew much, and then after spending a lot of time with Dale, I just watched his game kind of elevate to some other thing that we hadn't seen out of him before. So Dale had a knack of really, uh, you know, picking his guys and, and allowing them to grow and, and just giving you the freedom to to try new things and just kind of be creative with the game. What about the idea that you had to move from a, a relatively small place like you were in Thunder Bay? Not that Barry's a big metropolis, but it's a long way away from home. You had to live with a billet family. Tell us about that experience and how you had to adjust to it. Yeah, it's it's definitely different moving away from home at a young age, you know, being in a, a different household with a different family, um, you know, just going to a different school, being around all new people. But at the same time, you know, you're you're still around your teammates. You have uh them around you all the time. You're living with another player. So it kind of eases the transition a little bit. So you're not just jumping in, you know, to a completely alone, isolated situation. You got your teammates, you got a great family with you so it made the transition pretty good you're listening to the shark spotlight on the san jose sharks audio network we're talking to mackenzie blackwood goaltender for the san jose sharks 
Kevin LeBanc, a teammate of yours with the Barry Colts. It's kind of interesting that it comes full circle. Tell us about uh, your friendship with him and what, what it's like to be a teammate of him now as you come to the National Hockey League. Yeah, Kevin was a great, great teammate, great friend, and, uh, you know, a good player at the time. You know, I think... Uh, I think we played for two or three years together. I can't remember exactly how long we played together, but uh, we finished off around the same time. And, uh, you know, he obviously went up to San Jose and I went to New Jersey, but, uh, you know, playing with him was great. We had a lot of good memories. I mean, I remember one game we went up to uh, Sudbury. I don't know if he had six or seven points in a single game. It was, it was crazy. He was, uh, he was on fires last year and just watching him go through that was uh, pretty cool to be a part of. Well, you were on fire too, because when you got to Barry, you pretty much played most of the games for all three years that you played there, 45 games your first year, and you went five and four in your first uh, playoff run. You had some pretty darn good teammates too. Besides Kevin LeBanc, you had Andreas Afanasiu, Brendan Lemieux, Aaron Ekblad, Andrew Mangiapane. These are all guys that played the National Hockey League. Uh, isn't it pretty neat that that uh, this youth team, even though they're considered elite youth, all have uh, had players that have gone to the National Hockey League and had good careers? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's not that common where you have that many players from uh, a group go to the NHL. So I think we had quite a few, like like you mentioned, uh, move up to the higher level. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool to to see everyone go on their own paths and, and continue their careers and have success at different uh, uh, different situations. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely definitely a unique uh, situation having so many guys move up, but uh, definitely made our team pretty good while we were all there together. Because you were doing so well and playing so much, it probably became apparent that uh, when your draft year came around that uh, some teams were going to be interested in you. And as it turned out, the New Jersey Devils were the team that selected you in the NHL draft. And that's kind of significant when you give in the fact that uh, Martin Brodeur, one of the greatest goaltenders in the history of the game, hadn't uh, retired much before you got drafted. Uh, you ended up getting drafted uh, by the Devils in 2015. And obviously weren't going to join the team at that point. But uh, what did it mean to you to to be part of that tradition and be thought well enough of the Devils that uh, that a team that had Martin Brodeur would want you to? Yeah, obviously it was pretty exciting to get drafted, and uh, you know, obviously uh, continue your step, uh, you know, forward in your hockey career. But uh, obviously the New Jer New Jersey Devils have a pretty rich goaltending history with Marty there and everything. Um, so just to be a part of that was a cool experience. You know, I've met Marty a few times and, uh, you know, he's an, he's a very knowledgeable guy about goaltending. So, you know, a lot to pick his brain about, but just being in the uh, environment that uh, he was, you know, you can just kind of feel the, the goaltending culture there with people, you know, being uh, <laughs> spoiled with Marty's uh, goaltending for a long time. So, uh, it's a pretty cool environment and, uh, you know, they have a pretty good culture there. That was quite a memorable draft because number one overall was Connor McDavid. Number two was Jack Eichel and the list goes on and on. Timo Meyer was drafted by the Sharks ninth overall. Uh, looking back at that group of, of players, isn't it a privilege that you got to play against a lot of them as you were coming up because that helped you get better to get ready for the NHL? For sure. That draft year was pretty stacked with uh, great players. I mean, there's uh, tons of steady, um, you know, elite NHL players in that draft. So grow uh, growing up in, in the junior ranks, playing against all those guys, you know, definitely was challenging, but uh, helped you develop into 
a better player for sure. Now, your last year with Barry, 2015-16, you played 13 playoff games, which was the most that you had played uh, for that team. When you get that far, you you notice that it's kind of rarefied air. You're starting to get to the idea of what it's going to be like to be a professional. But then you come to the Devils organization, and uh, right away you you get your first training camp and you get reassigned to the Albany Devils of the American Hockey League. Tell us about that adjustment, what it's like to uh, finally really be a professional and playing this game for a living and how that might change the relationship to the game for you for sure yeah finally moving from juniors to professional was uh was a big adjustment obviously the american hockey league is a great league as well um definitely a step up from major juniors so there's a bit of a, a learning curve and uh growing pains along the way but uh there's great great teammates there um you know lots of older mentor guys to kind of guide you down the road so um you know it's a big life changing moment there too because you're going from living with a built family and being around uh you know your teammates all the time in school and everything to now you're moving on you're living on your own and uh it's just kind of your job now so it's a, it's a lot of uh, a big change Well, they say that the two things that a young player has to adjust to the most when it comes to living on his own is A, making sure that his checkbook is balanced, and B, uh, making sure that he knows how to cook. Are you a good cook? I'm an average cook. I can barbecue well, but uh, cooking, baking, that sort of thing, uh, I can get by. (laughs) What about the idea of good nutrition? How much uh, focus do you place on that, and how much do you appreciate the help that you get from the pro teams you play for? Yeah, I'm pretty... uh pretty serious about that i mean um obviously i'm a pretty big guy so if i uh, didn't watch what i ate i would probably be a little bit too heavy to be a goaltender so that's one of the things i focus on a lot is uh, you know watching what i eat balancing calories and, and trying to put the best fuel i can can into my body and we've had a lot of help along the way with uh you know nutritionists and stuff like that just kind of guiding you giving you uh good kind of programs to follow and and stuff like that. Yeah, you're 6'4", you're 225, you're a really good-sized guy. When did you uh, get your growth spurt? Were you big when you were in junior, or did you have a growth spurt while you were playing there? Uh, I think my growth spurt height-wise happened uh, between minor midget and the OHL or something around there. Maybe the year before that, probably maybe... 14, 15, I think I grew six or so inches in the summer. Yeah, it's just amazing how it's different for different guys. And of course, you were born in December. And there's this theory that when you're born in January, you have some advantages. So you might have been younger than some of the people in your class, so to speak. But uh, but but uh, you were always one of the bigger guys once you got to major junior. Once I got to major junior, I was one of the taller guys. Yeah, but I did remember my first year I gained like 40 pounds in one year. I went from being like 155 pounds to like 205 pounds in almost one year. <laughs> That's a lot of pasta. Yeah, or 195 pounds, something around there. I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, I, I gained a lot of weight really quickly for some reason. I don't really know. I started working out a lot and, you know, taking care of my health and nutrition and strength training and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I gained quite a bit of weight very quickly. So you finally get to the National Hockey League in 2018-19. You got 23 games in uh, with the New Jersey Devils, and you played part of the season in Binghamton. That's a longtime AHL city. 
Uh, give us your thought about finally playing your first game, who it was against, what arena it was in, and what the emotions were like when you finally got in. Yeah, my first game I ever played was uh, I got called up around uh, December, something like that, and uh, I got I was backing up that game, and uh, we were losing pretty bad, so I went in for the third period, and uh, we were playing the Leafs. And uh, the first shot I had was a breakaway. <laughs> who who took uh, it? Do you remember? Uh, Hyman or Brown? I think some. Uh, I think it was Hyman. Wow, Zach I, Hyman. I can't remember. Yeah, I that, think it was him. Where was the game played? It was in New Jersey. It was in New Jersey. Yeah, but uh, I let in a goal in that in that uh, third period. But I did okay. And then the next game, I got uh, got the call to play the full game. And that was in Columbus. So what was that like to know that you were going to play that entire day, go to the morning skate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, have, have your afternoon sleep if that's what you do. And then finally get to the game. The butterflies must've been pretty big. Uh, yeah, I tried to kind of block it out the the whole day. Uh, try not to think about it, just treat it like a regular day. But uh, the one that really hit me the most was when we went on the ice for, for uh, the warm up skate. Uh, I did a good job of kind of blocking out, pretending like it wasn't that big of a deal and, you know, trying to stay cool and calm. And then as soon as we went out to the more, for the warm up skate, I went, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was like, wow. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot different jumping in relief versus uh, having your own start where you, where you know you're going to be playing. Um, but, yeah, I know when I stepped on the ice for, for the first warm up, I was like, wow, this is uh, the real deal. So uh, that was pretty exciting. Yeah, my heart was pounding and, you know, all the all the emotions. But uh, once you get in the game and the puck drops, they all kind of go away and you just do your thing. You're listening to the Shark Spotlight on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We're talking to Mackenzie Blackwood, San Jose Sharks goaltender. In that uh, first couple of games for the Devils, you had to have some veteran players, perhaps, that were supportive of you. Uh, tell us about that and about uh, the meaning of of that tradition in the NHL of of the way that new guys are welcomed to the league. Yeah, I was really fortunate. My first couple of years there, we had uh, a good veteran core. We had Corey Schneider, who was a, a great partner to have. We had Travis Zajac, Andy Green. Uh, Kyle Palmieri, just guys like that that were super welcoming, good leaders, good role models, you know, amazing players and amazing people. So they really helped me, uh, you know, transition and, and get my feet on the ground and, and sort of, you know, show you uh, what it takes. When you were growing up, I meant to ask you, who was your favorite goaltender? Did you have one? I never really had one guy that I was like, wow, this guy's uh, my guy, kind of like Joe Sackett, I guess, but I, I really... Uh, liked watching other goalies, you know, learning from other goalies. Um, obviously, Carey Price is an easy answer to say. He was pretty smooth and technical. I actually kind of uh, watched Corey Schneider a lot, too. So it was kind of funny that I ended up being his teammate there. So, uh, yeah, there's quite a few guys uh, along the way that I that I looked up to. Well, it's interesting because the position has changed so much, even since Martin Brodeur was playing goal for the Devils. Number one, the Brodeur rule put the trapezoid in. Also for you, the fact that you're a taller and bigger goaltender actually helps a little bit, especially if you're as athletic as you are. Would you say that that athleticism uh, probably helped get you through some of the earliest times in the NHL simply because of your ability to react and read a situation? Yeah, it definitely helps you. I mean, uh, 
the number one thing you want to think about when you're playing is, you know, being positional and, and being centered and square. But I mean, some, sometimes crap happens and you get stuck out of position and being able to put yourself in a, in a position to move quickly or, or recover is, is huge and can kind of save you from some sticky situations that you might find yourself in there. So it definitely, uh, definitely helped me kind of uh, maybe get away with a couple things that uh, maybe other guys wouldn't have been able to. Well, you certainly had solid uh, statistics in your first couple of years in the league and you showed you could definitely play. And then you were bitten a little bit by the injury bug these last couple of years. So tell us about the frustration of that, uh, you know, dealing with some of the challenges. The NHL is a league that always brings in other goaltenders and that happened last season with the Devils. Uh, tell us a little bit about that process and how you mentally handle it. Yeah, definitely frustrating being uh, being bitten by the injury bug there. Yeah, I uh, I obviously had my heel and some other sort of things happen to me along the way, which is pretty unfortunate. It seemed like one thing after another, just couldn't stay healthy for a long enough period of time. But, uh, you know, I've done a lot of things to try and sort of fix that and moving forward, changed my training a lot and, and sort of worked on, you know, how to stay healthy and how to make your – your body more resilient to, to certain situations like potentially, you know, dieting a little bit more, getting a little bit lighter, less impact, you know, doing a lot of Pilates and yoga type stuff, and then continue to work on the strengthening side of things, like where you keep your body, you know, fit, but you don't, you don't overwork it too much. So a lot of things that go into it to try and help the, reduce the risk of having that happen to me in the future. What about the mental part of the game? That's the most important part of goaltending in many respects. How do you handle the mental challenges of just the day-to-day ability to stop the puck, to make the big save, to bear down when things are going tough for your team and to try to help your club win? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a pretty uh, laid-back kind of guy, Um, you know, so I I don't really like to bring, you know, that stuff – home with me so when I'm there I uh you know I I do what I can and then uh when I leave it is what it is so I mean I obviously want to be you know the best that I can be and and make all the saves that I can but I mean you can only do what you can so uh as long as you go to the rink every day and you say hey I did my job I got better today and I did this and everything sort of takes care of itself It's an interesting philosophy. You know, the very first coach in the history of the San Jose Sharks, George Kingston, told me once, he said that uh, uh, the goal of a coach and the goal of a hockey player every day at practice is to make it so that tomorrow you're a better hockey player than you were today. Yeah, absolutely. If you can find one thing every day that you get a little bit better at, then you're always going to be progressing at something. So as long as you're not taking steps back and you're always moving forward a little bit, getting a little bit better working on things, then you're always, you know, winning the day. Who were the goalie coaches that influenced you the most? I had a really good goalie coach my first year in New Jersey. It was uh, a guy by the name of Roy Balance, and that guy was uh, was amazing. Uh, took me under his wing there for the first two years, and and you know really got my game to a place where things were going really really well. So I uh, I'm pretty thankful that I got to uh, you know experience a lot of a lot of time and hours put in with with Roy. That brings a big smile to my face because he was my goalie in New Haven in the American Hockey League. We went to the Calder Cup finals together. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was an amazing guy. Probably the best situation that I could have had entering the league is having him 
You also had Mike Greer as an assistant coach, and he's now the general manager of the Sharks, and he traded for you. So he had a little inside knowledge about what you were like as a person and what kind of a goaltender you were. Tell us about your relationship with him. Yeah, Mike's awesome. You know, he, he cares a lot about players. He's a really nice man. And, you know, we, we had some good times, uh, some good laughs and stuff uh, along the way as an assistant coach because he's kind of the not the head coach, the assistant coach. So he's kind of the player's coach, uh, the the middleman a little bit between there. And and you could really see his character. And, uh, you know, Mike, Mike was an amazing coach. Give us your goal for what kind of an impact you can make on this team and uh, getting some quality playing time in the National Hockey League in Teal. Yeah, my goal is uh, for this year, there's two. Obviously, I have a team goal and a personal goal. But my personal goal is obviously to you know, get myself playing at a high level, um, you know, obviously enter the season uh, with a little bit of chip on my shoulder, trying to get myself back to where, you know, I know I can be um, staying healthy. But then for the team, obviously you want to, you know, win as many games as possible. I know a lot of people have, you know, them not winning a lot, but, uh, you know, proving people wrong is a lot of fun. Well, and you've been through some of that, too, with the Devils, have you not? So you have some experience in this area about a team getting back toward prominence. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was there for uh, three, four years with the Devils, so I know all about that. How does that help you right now and the challenges you have, just knowing that you've been through it and you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel? Absolutely. Yeah, you can see it. Uh, you can kind of see it year after year where, you know, the players that are coming in get a little bit better and they keep bringing in new guys and your team starts to take shape and grow but at the same time too you know how to play um those those tough games those tough years where you know things are not necessarily uh super pretty but you just keep finding a way to to plug along and get better and the whole team grows from it what about the notion that uh, logan couture and tomas hurdle are going to be teammates uh, as opposed to guys taking shots at you. Uh, th these are very, very quality players. What, what do you think about the rest of the roster? Are you excited about the prospects? Yeah, those two guys you mentioned, high-quality players. I mean, I saw Timo when he came over from you guys, and uh, yeah, he was a great great player as well. So obviously there's a lot of, a lot of great players in San Jose. Well, we're really looking forward to all of that. I really appreciate the time that you spent with us. We're really excited about the fact that you're with the San Jose Sharks. And Mackenzie, thanks a lot for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. The Shark Spotlight is a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.